98K News. It's one o'clock on Ben Che, the headlines. The monetary authority cuts a key interest rate and warns of storm clouds ahead for the SER's economy. A former president of the Racehorse Owners Association defends the decision to cancel last night's races after threats from protesters. More details emerge of the chief executive's planned public dialogue sessions, which could start as early as next week. And a civic party lawmaker calls on the government to respond to the concerns raised at the UN Human Rights Council in Geneva this week. The Hong Kong Monetary Authority has lowered the base rate by 25 basis points to 2.5%, following the overnight lead of the U.S. Federal Reserve, which cut its main interest rate by a quarter of a percentage point for the second time this year. HKMA Chief Executive Norman Chan warned that the territory's economic growth will experience downward pressure in the third quarter. He blamed this on the Sino-U.S. trade war and on the social unrest in Hong Kong. We have seen also Hong Kong-specific issues created by the social unrest in the last few months. A number of sectors have been uh, affected rather badly, like uh, retail, tourism, and the dining industry. And uh, we heard about those bad news about people uh, having been asked to take no-pay leave in order to uh, reduce costs. This all adds to this uh, downward pressure. So I, I won't be surprised if the government should come up with a forecast with a, uh, another negative growth in the third quarter. Meanwhile, President Trump has criticized the decision of the U.S. Federal Reserve to cut its main interest rate by only a quarter of a percentage point, the second cut this year. Mr. Trump, who had demanded a bigger cut, said the Fed policymakers had failed again. He said they had, as he put it, no guts, no sense, and no vision. The chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, said the cut was appropriate because of slowing growth in the U.S. economy and global trade. The U.S. has very low unemployment and the economy has continued to grow. But the Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, said business investment and exports had weakened amid falling manufacturing output. The main reasons, he said, appeared to be slower growth abroad and trade policy developments, a reference particularly to the U.S. trade war with China. Although the Fed is independent of the administration in setting interest rates, it has been heavily criticised by President Trump. In a tweet, he said they had failed again, that they had no guts, no sense and no vision. Another factor behind the interest rate cut was what Mr Powell called muted inflation pressures. Inflation is currently below the Fed's 2% target. The financial secretary Paul Chan also says he expects negative growth in the third quarter because of the trade war and the Hong Kong protests. Speaking to the mainland newspaper Global Times in an interview, Mr Chan said the SAR would slip into a technical recession if the economy continues to shrink and the government will decide whether more relief measures are needed to help businesses stay afloat. The financial chief added that the chief executive will introduce more housing-related initiatives in her policy address next month. A former president of the Racehorse Owners Association says it's the right decision for the jockey club to cancel last night's races after protesters threatened to cause disruptions. Apollo M says the safety of people and horses is a most important thing. Natalie Ching reports. Mr. Ng says it would have been extremely dangerous if protesters had managed to enter the race course last night to shine laser pointers at the horses' eyes. He says this could have easily caused injuries to the horses and jockeys, and even the spectators. Protesters had threatened to disrupt the races because a horse co-owned by pro-Beijing legislator Junius Ho was due to run. 
Some people had suggested that the jockey club cancel the race that Mr. Ho's horse was competing in, but Mr. Ng says such an arrangement would have been unfair to 11 other owners whose horses were scheduled to compete in the same race, as they all made arrangements to hire jockeys and trainers to train for the race. Mr. Ng added that the cancellation of last night's racing was not just bad news for horse owners and regular punters, but for all Hong Kong people. He says the cancellation of one horse racing day means a loss of around $100 million in tax revenue and some $50 million in donations made by the jockey club. A risk consultant says in hindsight the decision to cancel last night's Happy Valley horse race meeting was unfortunate, given that it was a specific threat targeting a specific member. Steve Vickers, the chief executive of Steve Vickers & Associates, says it would have been better for the jockey club to approach Junius Ho rather than shut down the entire race and further politicize racing. The threat was to a specific member uh, who had a share in a horse called Hong Kong Vet, which I think may turn out to be a bad bet from the jockey club's point of view. The outcome is that we closed the course, cancelled the meeting, and I think have further politicised racing. It could have been knocked on the head, I think, by some dialogue with the member concerned, given that the furore was aimed at the member rather than the jockey club. He could have been compensated by the jockey club. I think would have been better. Sources say the chief executive's first public dialogue session will be held in Wan Chai next week. The event will be open to the public and the government will announce registration details in due course. Mrs. Lam earlier told reporters that the dialogue platforms will be launched in three formats, including a version in which residents can register to take part. The other forms include a dialogue platform in which members of the public are randomly selected, as well as a section for deeper conversations with different parts of society. Central and Western District Councillor Jeremy Young from the Liberal Party says comments from the Chief Executive Carrie Lam at last night's meeting with District Councillors didn't leave him with too much confidence. He says Mrs. Lam wants to stop violence and restore order, but her current methods haven't worked. District Councillors gave a mixed response to the two-hour closed-door meeting intended as part of the government's platform for dialogue over the political unrest. Mr. Young was one councillor who was allotted time to speak. He says he hopes Mrs. Lam can come up with a new strategy. She wanted to stop the violence and restore order, and everyone believes that should be the objective. But the way that she has gone about doing it has so far not shown any positive result. So if she continues to do what she has been continuing, I'm not very hopeful. I urge her to think about a different tactic, strategy, so that a positive result can be reached. Civic Party lawmaker Tanya Chan says her speech at the UN Human Rights Council in Geneva earlier this week is part of constant communication with the international body. Ms. Chan told the council that the SAR is on the verge of a humanitarian crisis and appealed for it to convene an urgent session and establish a commission of inquiry. She called on the Hong Kong government to respond to protesters' demands and allay the concerns of the international community. Uh, without democracy, rule of law, human rights and freedoms will vanish sooner or later. So, um, and the prosperity of Hong Kong cannot be sustained. So um, I do believe that uh, with all these uh, recent developments, even including the uh, Demo uh, Democracy Act, I hope that the government will take this precious opportunity to uh, answer uh, our four demands as soon as possible. 
The Office of the Commissioner of China's Foreign Ministry in Hong Kong has accused a Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives of blatant interference in mainland and Hong Kong affairs under the guise of supporting freedom and justice. A spokesman for the office said American politicians should support what most Hong Kong people want, which he said was an end to violence and the restoration of law and order. Earlier, Nancy Pelosi said the United States shared the Hong Kong people's aspiration for greater freedom and democracy. She was speaking during a Meet the Press session with activists Joshua Wong and Denise Ho. Leading members of the U.S. Congress say they intend to move swiftly to advance the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act. The High Court has rejected the bail application of Poon Ho Chu, a well-known activist nicknamed The Painter, who's been charged in connection with the siege of the police headquarters in Wan Chai in June. Judge Anthea, Anthea Pang said that after taking into consideration a number of factors, the court believes there's a chance the 31-year-old will commit other offenses or jump bail. Mr. Poon took his bail application to the High Court after the Eastern Magistracy refused to grant him bail. Mr. Poon is best known for drawing on the streets during Occupy Mong Kok in 2014 and often appeared bare-chested at protests. Commuters on the East Rail Line will face disruption again today as the MTR Corporation continues to clean up after Monday's derailment at Hong Kong Station. Only one East Rail platform is open at Hong Kong and services at intervals of between three and a half minutes and 12 minutes. A Japanese court is expected to rule today whether three executives of the Tokyo Electric Power Company are guilty of negligence in the Fukushima disaster of 2011, when an earthquake and giant tsunami caused a meltdown in the power station's nuclear reactors. The BBC's Rupert Wingfield Hayes is in Tokyo. This is a very important case for many, many people in Japan, and it took a long time to bring it, because originally, prosecutors in Japan, back in 2014, said they would not file any criminal charges against any of those in TEPCO, and it has taken uh, the last uh, three years uh, to be heard, uh, and now we await a verdict. And if found guilty, these three senior former executives at Tokyo Electric Power Corporation could face a prison term. Prosecutors are asking for up to five years in prison. The U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has said the U.S. supports Saudi Arabia's right to defend itself after the recent attacks against its oil facilities. From New York, here's the BBC's Nick Bryant. Mike Pompeo is a hawk on Iran. He takes a much harder line than the president, Donald Trump. He described this as an act of war as he landed in Jeddah. He said the flight patterns of these cruise missiles showed they had come from the north, not the south, which is the direction of Yemen. He also said that U.S. intelligence is confident that these kind of weapons are not in the hands of the Iranian-backed Houthi rebels in Yemen, and they have not been deployed, to the best of America's knowledge, outside of Iran. He said there was no evidence of them coming from Iraq either. This attack, he claimed, betrayed the fingerprints of the Ayatollah, as he put it. Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has apologized after a photograph showing his face and hands blackened by makeup at a private school gala nearly two decades ago went viral. Mr. Trudeau told reporters that his decision to dress up in an Aladdin costume and put on makeup in the Arabian Nights theme party was a racist thing to do. I take responsibility for my uh, decision to do that. I shouldn't have done it. I should have known better. Uh, it was something that uh, I didn't think was racist at the time, but now I recognize um, it was something racist to do, and I am deeply sorry. 
The photo from the West Point Great Academy party in 2001 was published by Time magazine. It's come amid next month's election campaign. Hurricane Humberto is still gaining strength as it is approaching Bermuda and has knocked out the power in nearly 16,000 homes. But the archipelago is expected to be spared a direct hit as the Category 3 storm is forecast to pass northwest of Bermuda. The Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has cancelled a trip to New York to address the UN General Assembly next Thursday as he negotiates to form a new government following Tuesday's inconclusive general election. With more than 95% of votes counted, his Likud party had 32 seats, while the rival Blue and White Party of Benny Gantz had 33. And now to sports. Here's Atom Jang. There was a big result in football's European Champions League. In a Group A match at the Parc des Princes, Paris Saint Germain defeated the 13 time European champions Real Madrid 3 0. There was also a thrilling finish to the Group D match between Atletico Madrid and Juventus. The BBC's John Bennett rounds up the action. No Neymar, no Mbappe, no Cavani, but absolutely no problems for Paris Saint Germain. They were superb. Real Madrid completely outplayed, never got into the game, humbled, dominated. Zinedine Zidane under real pressure now. It was a former Real Madrid player who really orchestrated this victory. Angel Di Maria scoring the first goal from a tight angle, also scored the second goal, a curling effort. Thomas Mounier scored a fantastic goal near the end to wrap up the points. Two goals disallowed for Real Madrid, Gareth Bale and Karim Benzema. But apart from that, they didn't have a shot on target. Meanwhile, Atletico Madrid made a wonderful comeback to steal a point against Juventus. They deserved it, actually. Juventus took a two goal lead. Juan Cuadrado and Blaise Matuidi, two goals on the counter attack. But Atletico fought back with two goals from set pieces. Two headers, Stefan Savic and Hector Herrera on his Atletico debut. The English champions Manchester City started their campaign with a comfortable 3 0 win at Shakhtar Donetsk. The goal scorers were Riyad Mahrez, Ilkay Gundogan, and Gabriel Jesus. The city boss Pep Guardiola was happy with the outcome. We started with a, a good result, and the way we played was real good. Unfortunately, in the first 10 15 minutes, the second half, when we create incredible chances to, to make the game over. It was, it was open, but all the guys they were fantastic, so good results were started better than last season. In the same group, Dinamo Zagreb ended their 11 game losing streak in the Champions League with a 4 0 win over tournament debutants Atalanta. Tottenham blew a two goal lead and ended up drawing 2 2 away to Olympiacos. Harry Kane, who scored the game's first goal, was disappointed with the result. The game itself was frustrating. I think we didn't play well to begin with, but we found ourselves 2 0 up with two good goals and away from home that puts yourself in a, a great position. I think after that we started to play a little bit better. Obviously, considering the goal just before half time killed the momentum, it happened against Arsenal away as well, changes momentum of the game. Bayern Munich topped Group B after winning 3 0 at home over Red Star Belgrade. Robert Lewandowski recorded his 54th Champions League goal in Bayern's victory. And that's your look at sports. And that's the news from RTHK. A sunny morning, the smell of freshly baked pineapple buns. 
The ding-ding of a tram as we head to work. Neighbors laughing. The beguiling beauty of our harbor and skyline. This wonderful city has been built with the love and sweat of everyone. Treasure Hong Kong, our home. The Working Family Allowance Scheme is now open for application. Households may apply if they meet the working hour requirements and income and asset limits. Each eligible child will receive child allowance. Household members can aggregate their working hours, and singleton households can also apply. For details, please visit wfa.gov.hk or call 2558-3000.